Chinguanas. Thank you so much for joining in on today's episode. I'm your host, E. Marie, and this is episode four of Soy Chingona, and I'm going to title this my 36th birthday, because that is what today is, uh, my sweet 36th birthday, and I am recording a live podcast from Chicano Park in San Diego, um, so there might be a lot of noise that you'll hear in the background, um, but this was um, the place that I wanted to be today um, to open up and share some things with you guys today. Um, I wanted to talk about um, issues um, that I've had the last couple months going through uh, mental and emotional health, and I wanted to talk today and kind of shed some light on what I've been personally going through and hopefully this will help other um, people that are out there who have struggled um, with similar um, type of things. A lot of my struggle has come from childhood trauma Um, and for the very first time in my life I'm actually dealing with the emotional distress uh, that comes with the trauma that I've gone through. Um, and like I said, this is my first time, my first healing journey um, going through this and really trying to work on myself and help myself in the best ways that um, I believe will help me push forward and become a better me and a better person, um, a better wife, a better daughter, a better sister, um, a better podcaster um, to reach you guys um, and just a better person in general um and I believe that I have so much in me to give back to this world um I know that but I also know that I can't be a hundred percent and fully give everything that I have if I don't go through healing first um and the healing starts from within And that was a big thing for me to even recognize that alone. Um, Let's be real. And as a Latina woman um, in our culture, um, it's a sign of weakness to seek out help for these kind of things. Therapy is not something that was ever discussed in our household as a solution for anything. Um, Not just as a woman, but also as a Latina. I was taught to suppress all everything that I've ever gone through um because it was important to go through what I was going through and get over it and move on to the next thing because there was always something else to take care of so I wasn't given the time and energy and focus for myself um to sit and really think about the things that I have gone through and that kind of stuff has followed me definitely into adulthood um I will say um, I have a blog out there, um, obaby.org, um, which is a blog that I had for about a year, um, where I recorded my baby making journey, um, that my husband and I went through and the struggles we've gone through with infertility, um, the struggles we've gone through personally and the struggles we've gone through, um, just within our family, with our culture, friends, um, and life in general. Um, but when I was going through that with the fertility doctor, I'm such a person who's a sharer. Um, for those of you who know me personally, you know that um, I talk about everything all the time. And when I went through this issue with infertility, it was really important to me to be able to share my journey with other people. That was my, I thought that was my way of coping 
um, with my emotions um, from the results that we got, um, which I'm still struggling with. Um, but the thing that I did, instead of dealing with my actual emotions and what I was going through, the things that we were feeling and adjustments in our life, new ways of thinking, um, my main concern was everybody else but me. My main concern was, Erica, share your story. Get it out there because this is something that you don't hear women talk about. This is a conversation you've never had with another woman who has been through this. And, oh my God, there's got to be so many women and men and couples that are out there that struggle through this journey of baby making. And it's so hurtful and you go through so much ups and downs and it ruins a lot of relationships and, and marriages um, because it is just a roller coaster. But my first instincts was to share, share, share. So I started my blog, I did that, I was vulnerable, I was open, and I really, really put myself out there along with what we were struggling through. In the end, that was awesome that I had the right intentions, right, of going out there and helping people, but I was helping others so that I wouldn't have to go through the motions of feeling happy, feeling sad, feeling up and down, not knowing what's the right way to feel, having the rough conversations that my husband and I had to have, figuring out if we weren't going to have children, what was our life going to be like? That's all we planned for. So what now? And all those questions I asked myself, but I didn't really consider and sit down and think about until I stopped the blog. After I stopped the blog, I finally sat and was able to deal with my own emotions. And I think that's what triggered a lot of everything else that's come down the line the last couple months that I've dealt with. Um, I kind of feel like as far as childhood trauma goes, it's another thing that I was taught to suppress. Um, and as I get older, it is just naturally pouring out of me, literally coming out of my pores and I can't stop it and because I can't stop it I not that I needed to completely control all these things coming out because I really have lost control of what's coming out of me um in a good way though it was it was just unstoppable I had to learn I had to gain some tools and learn how to deal with all these things that were coming out um so when all these things were coming out, I wasn't, I didn't know what resources to go through. Um, so I started doing something that wound up being very bad for me. And I started adding more things on my plate. So now I'm no longer sharing my blog. Now I'm going through all these things and these emotions coming up. I'm not sh quite sure how to deal with them. So I just started overworking myself <laughs> with my job um I started um getting very involved started my community work um but I started overdoing it and I started wearing myself thin very quickly um because again this time instead of suppressing my feelings I kept thinking oh let me just add more shit onto my plate right onto my to-do list and the more I did that the more I I wasn't dealing again with what these things were coming up. I was just putting all kinds of crap on my plate. 
and trying to avoid the emotions of what I was going to have to go through. Um, it got to the point where I broke down and I couldn't handle everything that I was putting on my plate anymore. Um, I started pulling myself away from not just events, but pulling myself away from people in general. myself away from people um not wanting to be the social person that I am um or being in a social scene and just waiting for it to be over so I can hurry up and go back home and crawl under my blanket it started getting harder to get up in the morning and to want to talk to anybody to want to be myself I started slipping away from who I was and I was doing such a good job on, on hiding it so people weren't recognizing this at this point and then I had to start looking at how this was affecting my everyday life everything was becoming so heavy for me every emotion was becoming so heavy and draining I knew I wasn't grounded and that's why I was becoming so drained with everything in my life I started feeling lost I started feeling alone because for my first time I was going through all these emotions and I wasn't sharing them I wasn't telling people I wasn't seeking help I was just internalizing everything and it got to a point where I couldn't do that anymore. My anxiety and depression, I worked on my whole entire life on my own and never seeked professional help. That's just not what I was taught to do. But these outbursts, these, these crying out of nowhere, this built up of anxiety that I was clearly doing to myself was overpowering. It was taking over things in my life. It was affecting my job very much. Um, I worked at a local cemetery here in San Diego for almost six years. And I absolutely loved my job and loved everybody that I worked with. But again, I'm dealing with depression and anxiety that I don't even know where it's coming from. And I'm sitting here working at a cemetery. I ended up um, taking a leave of absence from work and not really sharing with anybody but my husband and it was very difficult because um I didn't explain to anybody at work I got into this like weird thing in my life that I'd never done which was I didn't want to explain myself to anybody I didn't want anybody asking me questions I didn't want to answer anybody's questions about anything for the first time, I was like, this is my life and I'm going to make some really rough decisions right now. And I don't want to explain myself or feel judged for anything I'm about to do. Or just have people tell me their opinions. And, you know, I'm already so lost and confused. I don't need other outsiders telling me how I should feel or how I should go about things. So I took a leave from work. 
I did not realize that um, you can't just take a leave whenever you want. <laughs> a doctor is actually supposed to put you on medical leave. Well, me as the independent woman that I am, who I'm pretty comfortable with the person I am, I was able to recognize that I was going through these things. I was able to recognize I needed to do something about it. So the next step was, for me, was to seek therapy. Um, because I had insurance and I was going through this through work, I did go through my Kaiser insurance. Um, I did have some difficulties finding a therapist in the beginning. I wasn't connecting with all of the um, Caucasian females that they were setting me up with. Um, I made the request to Kaiser to have a colored woman because I thought I would connect more. Um, and it was honestly something that in the end I just needed a connection on a different level for me to be comfortable enough to really open up about why I was seeking therapy and why I was really there um, and I knew I needed to trust fully in the person I was speaking to or else what's the point of going through this journey um, so I finally got a woman that I was comfortable with and in all this because I took a leave of absence a therapist licensed therapist through Kaiser cannot be the one to sign off any legal documentations like keeping you from work. A psychiatrist does. Well, in the world of Kaiser, when you see a psychiatrist, that means that you're seeking out to be on medicine, on actual medication. Um, you're seeking out a little bit further than just someone to talk to. Um, I was not seeking out those things because I have a history of um, drug abuse. Um, I have a history of drug abuse with um, prescription medications, um, Ambien's, Soma's, um, Vicodin, um, Norco, um, there was a couple other sleeping ones that I was on also and anti-anxieties, um, and I had years of addiction to those and it was really horrible, affected a lot of things in my body, uh, and addiction runs very heavily in my family. Um, so it was something that I was completely against. Now I knew saying that, that meant whatever treatment I did was going to be much harder than just popping some pills. Um, but I was in a time in my life right now that I know that that was the best thing for me. So I explained that I would see the psychiatrist and have an examination, um, but I couldn't take certain treatments that they would recommend for me to do. Well, sure enough, I went to see the psychiatrist, I opened up about all these things, and I get a report that says after 10 weeks of not being at work, they wanted me to start that Monday. They wanted me to go to group therapy three times a week where I would have to leave work for a couple hours, drive all the way from um, San Diego to San Bernardino, because that was where the group therapy office was. Um, and gave me the list of medications. Most of them are, were on the list that I had originally given as medications that I could not be on. Um, I felt very betrayed by, by Kaiser and the whole system. Um, but was also not really surprised um, in that system also. Um, so I made the decision of not returning back to work because I could not go back to work on those terms or anybody else's terms for that matter, except for my own, whatever was the healthiest for me. So I quit my job and I seeked out alternative therapy.
Um, I took a huge risk leaving my job because it is a job that I I loved. I had a very soft spot in my heart for that cemetery. Um, all my family's buried there. I got married there almost five years ago. Um, it is a very special place to me and always will be. But again, I'm a woman in her mid-30s trying to go through therapy for the first time, trying to deal with childhood trauma that I didn't even realize was still affecting my life. Uh, There's certain things that I thought I had forgiven people and moved far away from, and turns out I hadn't. These things were still affecting my everyday life. I had to put me first, and that was really difficult for me to do. Um, that's not naturally my characteristics. But I had to because I was not myself. I was not feeling myself. And I felt like I was... I felt like I was losing connection with the people around me that meant the most. I just no longer knew how to be me anymore. So I started seeking alternative therapy. Um, My mentor had suggested a therapist, a licensed therapist, who was a little bit more spiritual and holistic in her practice. And I went to go see her. I was terrified. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And when I went to go see her, my very first session, we did hypno time warp therapy one I've never been hypnotized two never was thought I would ever be in a situation where that would come up but this therapist will do an evaluation and then after the evaluation tell you what she thinks your spirit guides are telling her that you need at that moment Hypno-time warp therapy, you're not completely hypnotized. You're not all the way under. So you're very cautious. You're very, if you're uncomfortable, you're able to stay, I'm uncomfortable, I'm out of here. And she had brought me to a moment in time and started describing how old I was and where I was and asked me to close my eyes to see what she was seeing. And she's tapping into me and whatever... I'm allowing her to see. The time warp therapy was one of the most trippiest things I've done. It was so cool. And I understand why I had to do something like that. It brought me back to an event. Something that my puppy would say to me growing up. Uh, Years of my childhood, I heard my dad talk about that I wasn't his child he didn't believe I was his him and my mom oh my god I can't even tell you how many times this was a topic in our household um you know I've shared before that both my parents were drug addicts and meth addicts so a lot of the stuff I don't even know what they really felt in their hearts what was real but they both had a lot of blame on each other a lot of lying a lot of you cheated you did this you did that um the blame game on everything that they did so i was used to hearing these conversations but the time warp therapy had brought me back into a place in time where 
where my parents were having an argument. And in my memory, what I can remember of that, recall, is that they were arguing. I grabbed my little sister, who was about one at the time. I was around five. I grabbed her and I brought her into our bedroom and I turned up the music full blast so that she couldn't hear our parents arguing anymore. In the time warp therapy session, I was asked what my parents were arguing about. In my memory, I couldn't tell you because it was all mumbling. And not to share every single detail of that experience, but in those moments, I was able to drown out everything that was going around around me. Um, Sounds, the music playing, the smells, um, anything that I felt that I was connected to in that moment, I took away my connection to everything. Where then I could clearly hear my parents in their conversation. And now I can tell you word for word what they said. And in that conversation, it was the very first time as a five-year-old child. Now again, I had heard my dad say this so many times before this moment. But at this moment in my time, I understood what my dad was saying. I understood that when he said I wasn't his, what that meant. That meant he possibly was not my papi. And although I had forgiven my dad for making me do a drug test when I was 10 and making our family go through all this just to prove that I was his and I am, I thought I had let go of that and forgiven my dad for all that. But apparently I did not forgive him for that very first time that I understood what he said. That event in my life I've held for the last 31 years of my life and was able to finally let it go after all these years. And it felt so good. I heard things from my parents in that moment, event in time that gave me closure on that that I will never hear in real life. But it's what I needed then to close that and move on. It was very special to me. And since then, I've been on this growth of just trying to connect and and grow so much from what I've gone through and it's painful and it is growing pains I outgrew my job before I started going through all these emotional things and when all this stuff started coming up it was just almost validation to okay Erica you do have a lot of work to do and because you're not going to go the route that the psychiatrists are telling you to do, it's going to be so much harder for you, but it's going to be the best thing that you've ever done for yourself. It's going to be weird because you're going to be growing and changing parts of you that people might not understand. And you're just going to have to hope that people can forgive those things and see the bigger picture. And so far, my family has my sisters and my mom and my husband they've seen all these changes in me and it's all for the better and although it's so hard (laughs) I just have to keep reminding myself of the positive change that that I'm causing and creating for myself 
Um, since then, I've also reached out for other um, therapies and other spiritual guidance. Um, I have connected um, with a Bruja shop that's in Barrio Logan. These three amazing witches that all have different types of magic and they're just so beautiful and they've helped me through my journey so much the three of them and I don't even know if they know how much they've helped already but I did a ritual bath with one of them and it took something that I was struggling with in my relationship with my husband and it took my negative emotions of that and wiped it out completely and I'm looking at things in our relationship so much different and I'm trying to look at everything with love light and protection first before I go into anything that I'm dealing with in life because that is important to me that's what I need those are the things that I need in my life to stay positive to keep moving is light love protection those are the things that bring me comfort. Those are the things that make me a powerhouse. Those are the things that that make me feel empowered that I can own. And that's really important. Although Greenwood was a... Although leaving my job was a very difficult decision and a risk financially a huge risk it was also something that during this healing process I realized that if I didn't take this time to do these things for myself and work on my mental and emotional health this could easily eat me alive I could become this I could become an ugly dark person and I think my husband started realizing that also that if I didn't do this now it could potentially get a whole lot worse to a point where I can't come back from it and how much and how important this was for me that I was recognizing this while I was going through it I've learned a lot throughout this journey of myself my expectations of everything in life that I attack only moving forward with things that make me feel good things that can help me grow people who make me feel good people who help me be a better me um, my father is not one of those people at all in my life and he's very toxic very toxic to me um, during this process of healing I've had to cut him off um, I did explain to him what I was going through a little bit uh, touched up on a little bit um, right when I was starting my journey hey puppy this is what I'm gonna be working on in my life and I don't think while I'm doing this I can have you be a part of my life because you have your own things for you to work on and you take a lot of my energy and I'm not able to focus on me. 
My puppy reacted exactly the way I expected him to with anger and being aggressive and being vulgar and talking to me in a very disgusting manner and basically told me to fuck off that our relationship was based on my convenience which made me realize that he really has no idea the person he is in my life who he represents what he represents I should say in my life he has no idea who that person is and although it kills me I don't deserve to be talked to or treated like that from anybody including my father my own father Because I can't keep going out marching for women's rights and standing in front of the federal building asking for equality and all women to be treated equal. And then get on the phone with my dad and have him call me a little bitch because I said something he didn't like. It, it just hurt too much. my father will never be the person that goes and seeks help in fact I don't really know what he would think about me actually doing all these things and seeking therapy I don't know if he would think it's an actual positive thing and I really don't think that my dad has a clue about how much he's hurt me in my life I don't think he's realized how many terrible situations he put me in, how much danger he put me in. And I don't think he cares because he's a very self-involved person. He's very wrapped up in his own world and what affects him. Thank God I have two amazing sisters that are willing to keep my dad in their lives. And I know a big part of that is because they have children and so they do it for their children. But I don't have a connection to fight for when it comes to him. I don't have a child to fight for their grandpa to be in their life. I just have him and I, and that's it. And I don't deserve to be talked to and treated the way that he does. You know, when my parents divorced, I chose to live with my father. And chose that for many reasons. That's a whole nother thing that I'll get into. But when we went, my dad had to fill out all his divorce papers. I did that for him. His reading and writing is awful. It's like, I think he's still like at a sixth grade, seventh grade level on his reading and writing. I helped him get through those. When he was court ordered for AA and NA, I was there at every meeting, clapping, supporting. 
I was 11, 12 years old speaking at those meetings. When he got court ordered for his behavioral aggression issues, I helped him through all that. I was his little wifey. I did everything. And in return, he just gave me emotional and mental abuse that eventually turned into some physical abuse during his heavy drug use. And I really thought after all these years, I had forgiven my puppy for so much. But going through therapy and bringing up all these things, I realized that I haven't. That's a lot of work. And I hope I can get through all this and be able to truly forgive him so that I can rebuild my relationship with him. I have a feeling that's going to take a long time. But fast forward to now. Right now, in this moment. Yesterday, I had a therapy session. And I had set it up the day before my birthday. I knew it was going to be really insightful. And I learned a lot yesterday. I learned a lot about how to move forward with what I've been going through. And I've been working so hard on all these things. And now I'm at a point where I can reflect on the last couple months and all the things that I've done I need to start getting myself credit for for all the improvements that I've made to my life that are improving my life right now it's very important to do that something especially as women that we don't do enough is stop and give ourselves credit for our accomplishments We don't do that because we're always trying to hurry up to get to the next thing, right? There's always more to do. The job's never done. What's the same thing in this healing process I've learned today? This job of healing will never end. Because I am a person who is living with and dealing with emotional and mental distress. But I'm living. And I'm working on it. And I'm continuing to grow. And I'm learning to give myself credit every day for all the little things that I do in life that mean something bigger to me. Getting out of bed every day is a huge accomplishment. Getting myself grounded every day before I leave my house is a huge accomplishment. To other people, that might seem like such bullshit and it might be something so little and that might be something that to you, you say, get the fuck over, move on. That's great if you can do it. If you can truly go through things in life and truly forgive people who have hurt you, forgive people who have done things to you, forgive yourself and your own guilt that you have put on yourself. If you can do that and actually move on, that's amazing for you. But it's not like that for me. 
that's not my journey in this life. And that's okay. It's okay that I'm going to struggle with this my whole life. It's going to keep making me stronger. And I'm going to keep working on this. This job won't end. But the decisions I've had to make in the last couple months have been all about me. For me. And what I learned yesterday from my therapy session is that all my life I've been on survival mode. Everything's been a survival. When my dad would beat me and I would run away, those are survival modes. When I had to steal his weed to sell it because he wouldn't give me money for lunch, I was in survival mode. When my parents were fucked up and they are passed out at night and my sisters were starving, I did whatever I had to do to go in there and teach myself how to cook to make them some food. Those are survival skills. And without those survival skills turned me into a warrior. So I've been walking around this earth with my shield and my spear ready for a fight. And everything in my life, I've always been waiting for the next fight. Because I'm a warrior and that's what I do. I fight. And when I learned yesterday, that's not my life anymore. I don't have to be a warrior. I don't have to fight anymore. Because what I am today... And the story that I am telling you today is because I'm a fucking goddess. Because I'm a chingona. I am a badass woman who won't let anything hold me back from feeling the best that I can inside and out. I don't need to fight everybody that I see. I don't need to fight every situation that I get in. I did all the fighting. I'm tired of all that fighting. Now is my moment. Now is my chance to own everything that I've gone through. Own it and pass my story along. So that other women out there who have gone through so much in their life can stop fighting and own the fact that they're a goddess. And own what that means. Own your magic. Own who you are as a woman. Know your worth. In everything. Not just your personal life. In your professional life. I know what I'm worth now. I know what I have to give to a company. To something that I create. And I will not accept anything less than what I deserve. In everybody. In myself. So I leave you with this. Share your story. Know that you are not alone. 
know that there are so many people who have the same struggles, that go through the same things. Share your story so that others can hear that they're not alone. Be open enough and allow people to connect with you. Connection means so much. Because when you start doing these things for yourself, believe it or not, the people around you will start to notice. Own your power. Own that magic. Own who you are. Because we all have so much to offer and we all are so special as individuals. If we connect more to each other and come together and show more support, mujeres, support each other. Stop bringing each other down. It only affects us all as a whole. We are all connected one way or another in this life, whether if you like it or not. Make the best of it. She rises, we all rise. I rise, you rise. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for allowing me to have this platform to share in the first place. I love all of you so much. Even the listeners that are listening that I don't know, you're listening, and that means a lot to me. And if you have a story to share and you want to use my platform, please reach out to me. Because this is about sharing. This is about connecting. This platform is for all chingonas. Who got something to say and need to express it. With that, I'm going to enjoy the rest of this beautiful day. And own my age of 36 and everything that has brought me to this day here. And I'm going to keep pushing forward. And trying to move with all the positivity and good energy and good vibes that I can. And I know I'm bringing you guys some rough topics, some things that are making your wheels turn. But that's what I like to do and I'm going to keep on doing it. So fist up chingonas. Till next time. Peace out.